Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Bodies carry lots of things, things that hurt and heal. Yet pain tells us a nail from the things that we hold on to. But even in our misery, we're clearly undeniably called to a greater purpose by the one who made us. When I felt worthless, he said worth it. When I was sick, he said don't quit. But there was poison in my lungs from the things that I won't let go of. Yet for all it's worth, he calls me better than a hurt. That I might rise to the calling, tell sin that I ain't falling. Clear the ledger because I'm better. All right, all right. Well, man, welcome. Uh, sorry, I freaked you out on that, didn't I? Hey, uh, welcome, Lake Point family. If you got, got your Bibles, head over to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13 is where we are going to be today. Uh, man, and if you are new with us, just want to welcome you. My name's Josh. I'm one of the senior pastors here, and we are incredibly honored you're here. And I think you picked the week that you may take a step today um, that might have the most long, ongoing impact in your life um, of almost any decision that you can make. By the way, um, while we're talking about decisions that you can make, um, something happened in our church last week that we would be foolish and unchristlike not to celebrate. Um, last week at the end of services, we gave people the chance to respond to a presentation of the gospel um, to receive Christ. And uh, guys, my mind, it's a little staggering to me. My mind's a little blown. Um, last week in one week at all of our services, at all of our locations, somewhere around 500 people responded for the gospel. Let's celebrate that. That's right, ma'am. Come on, man. Let's do it. That's right. Man, and let me just say, um, if you're here and you're like, oh man, you guys, you have us clap for everything, and this is really annoying, uh, let, me, let me just say this, man, if you don't like celebrating people uh, coming to know Christ, you're going to hate heaven. Uh, it's just going to be terrible for you because the, the Bible says that every time a sinner repents, um, that heaven explodes into celebration, and so we want to make it on earth as it is in heaven, and we, that's right, man, Amen. Well, um, where we are today is we're in uh, the last week of a series we've been calling Detox. And what we did is we hit detoxing our, uh, our habits week one, thoughts week two, and kind of the concept is you gotta get the bad out before you can get the good in. And there's these toxins that get in our lives and they keep us from becoming the people that God wants us to be. And so we're looking at like where those things hide and what we can do. And so like I said, we hit habits week one, thoughts week two. Now here's my question, okay? Let me start, start over here. My question is, some of you guys are like, uh, man, Josh, I've tried to detox my thoughts before, didn't work. I tried to detox my habits before, snapped right back. Here's my question. Uh, we know that, let me start over here. We know that there is something huge, something great um, that you either wanna be or do. Um, there, maybe it's, man, you're a Christian and the spirit inside of you is rising and giving you like this new deep burden to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And like, you're way down here and you wanna be way up here. And this is a huge thing you wanna become. Maybe you wanna become a certain type of leader or you wanna accomplish something really unique in the world. It just feels like this enormous calling, okay? Now, here's what we know. We know that our thoughts determine our actions. Our actions uh, result in our habits, our habits determine our outcomes, and our outcomes eventually lead to this thing. Okay, here's my question. 
Okay, what is the one small domino? A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. What's the one small domino that you can knock over, the one choice you can make, the one thing that you can do, that if you do it, will naturally align your thoughts, actions, habits, outcomes, and lead to this thing. What starts way down here that sets off this chain reaction? Well, let me go ahead and tell you where I'm going, and then let me go there, okay? Here's what I wanna say. The Bible teaches that if we get our friends right, if you get the inner circle of your life right, then everything else in your life tends to fall into place. It sets you up for success, godliness, holiness, pursuing the Lord, fulfillment of your calling, power in the Holy Spirit, all those things. If you get the, your friends, your inner circle right, sets you up for success in all those ways. The Bible also teaches that if you get your inner circle wrong, your friends wrong, that nothing can set you up for more pain, failure, heartache, distress, wandering from the Lord than getting that inner circle wrong. In fact, let me just go ahead and give away my sermon and then let me preach it. I'm gonna give it away first, okay? Here's what the Bible teaches. You show me your friends and I will show you your future. You show me your friends, your inner circle, and I'll show you your future. Proverbs 13, 20 says like this. I'm doing one verse today, whole, pass, whole message on one verse. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And the verse I just read for some of you, has more explanatory power than anything else in your life for why God has given you new life in Christ, but you can't seem to step into that new life. It's like you've been given new life, but you can't seem to get out of your old life. Do you know why? Because whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, and a companion of fools suffers harm. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Now, I wanna make this like a really visible to you, so quick exercise, I need everybody at all of our campuses to grab a pen. Go ahead and grab it right now, get in your purse, grab one. I already proved last week I can see everything going on out there, okay? So go ahead and grab it right now, seat in front of you, whatever you need to do, all of our campuses online, grab a pen. And I, I want you to do an exercise, and uh, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, and in 30 seconds, I want you to write down the names of your five closest friends. Now I said friends, mom and dad don't get on the list, <clears throat> okay? Don't write down your dog's name, your spouse does not go on the list. Definitely don't write down your cat's name, does not belong on that list, okay? So what I want you to do is in 30 seconds, I want you to write down the names of your five closest friends, okay? Go, and I got a little music to help you out while you're, there we go, okay? Yes, there we go. So you guys write, five closest friends, do it, do it. I see some of you guys not writing. I'm seeing you, I see you, okay? You, sir, at the Forney campus, second row, on the right, I see you not writing. Hey, you at White Rock, very back row, on the left, next to your wife, you just got your arm around her, I see you not writing. Town East, all you guys are writing, because you're awesome, you guys are amazing, okay? That's it, all, all that. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, now, here's what I want you to do. This is really interesting. Look down at that list, and I wanna show you something that both sociology, sociology tells us it lines up with the Bible. What sociologists tell us in line with what the Bible just told us is that you are always becoming an average of your five closest friends. That's always happening in your life. You are always becoming, you are gonna walk like who you walk with. So look down at that list. This is really interesting. It's fascinating how accurate this is. You look at that list, and what you're gonna find is you're probably not the most financially affluent person on that list, you're probably also not the least financially affluent person on that list. Look down at that list, you're probably not uh, the most physically fit person on that list. You're probably not, somebody laughed real hard over here, I'm praying for you. 
I like you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we feel you, we felt that in our spirit. You're probably not the most physically fit person on the list. You're probably not the least physically, I hope, physically fit person on the list. You're probably not the most successful person on the list. You're probably not the least successful person on the list. You are always becoming an average of your five closest friends. In fact, this is really interesting. There was a study that was done a couple years ago that it showed this. It showed if your sibling gains weight, you have a 40% chance of gaining weight, biological similarities. If your spouse, <laughs> you guys are fun in this service. If your, if your spouse gains weight, you actually have only a 37% chance of gaining weight. There's no, you know, no biological tie there. This is really interesting. If one of your five closest friends if somebody on that list gains weight, you have a 57% chance of gaining weight. Now, do you see what's happening? The sociology is just telling us what the Bible already told us, that you are going to walk like who you walk with. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Companion of fools suffers harm. Now, let me apply that to you spiritually, okay? Let, let, let me get serious for a second. What that means is if you got high this weekend, Chances are really good that somebody else on that list was high with you. If you stumbled into our worship services today with a hangover, by the way, welcome, we are glad that you're here. If you did that, chances are really good that somebody else on that list got drunk with you this weekend, but watch this, watch this. But if you are chasing after God with your whole heart, if you're seeing your life transform from one degree of glory to the next, if you're seeing the Spirit transform you and use you from the inside out, chances are really good, look down at that list, that there's some other people on that list who are chasing after God with their whole heart too. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Let me say it another way. Your friends are, are the future you. Your friends are the future you. Now, some of you, when you hear that, okay, you immediately go, yeah, Josh, but wait a second. Man, if you're saying, man, I got a D, and let me just go ahead and say this, what that means is that for some of you, the key to life change is you detoxing your relationships. More than anything else, you gotta detox your inner circle before you see your life change because you walk like who you walk with. Now, as soon as I say that, some of you guys may be going, wait a second, Josh, I see a tension in the Bible and with what you're saying. You may be going, man, Josh, I see this tension. On the one hand, the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you're not a Christian and you're looking for somebody to marry, you need to marry somebody who's chasing after God with their whole heart because you're gonna run like who you run with, okay? So it says that. On the other hand, the Bible says that we're called to be the light of the world. How do those two things go together? You may be going, man, Josh, on the one hand, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character over here, but on the other hand, my Bible tells me that Jesus was a friend of sinners. You may be going, man, Josh, on one hand, uh, the Bible warns us against associating with violent, angry people in the book of Proverbs. But on the other hand, it tells us to go into all the world and make disciples. In fact, let me just get in the middle and just tell you this. Guys, abusive relationships are one thing. Get out of them every time right now. Get out of them. But when we talk about toxic relationships, if we start talking about cutting out of our lives any person who's toxic, we might just be talking ourselves right out of the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me just say this. I am so glad that Jesus was willing to have a relationship with this toxic guy right here. I am so glad he was willing to do that. So how do we resolve this tension between these two things the Bible says? 
Well, somebody pointed this out to me a long time ago. If you look at Jesus' life and his relationships, have you ever noticed that everyone got equal love from Jesus, but not everybody had equal access to Jesus? Have you ever noticed that? So think about it, in the world, Jesus was friendly towards everybody that he ever met. He was friendly towards all, he was only friends with a few. So in the world, Jesus was friendly towards everybody. But among the world, there was a group of about about 120 people, the New Testament calls them the disciples, that walked around with Jesus and he knew them, you know, that kind of thing, he cared about them, but he wasn't like tight with them. Among the 120, there was about 12 that were the apostles that he cared for, he was intimate, cared for and and knew what was going on in their lives, they influenced each other. And then among the 12, there was three, Peter, James, and John, who got access to Jesus, nobody else did. When Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he told the other nine to stay put, Peter, James, and John, you come with me. Can you not watch with me this one hour? When Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, not everybody got to see Jesus pull back the curtain and show his glory. Peter, James, and John, you come with me. I want you to see who I really am, intimacy. Now, what you need to know is that your life, you need to structure your life with those same circles. So I want to give you a diagram. Here's what your life is like. Whether you know it or not, in your life, in the middle of your relationships, there's the circle of intimacy, these are the three or four people in your life that they know everything about you and like you know, you know all the junk about them. Okay, these are, this is like your squad, your crew. This is the people that when you walk in a room, you imagine like it going slow-mo and there's entry music. It's like, you know, the tombstone posse. That's who these people are, okay? Now, right outside of that, there's a circle that we're just gonna call the circle of influence. These are probably 12, 15, 20, 40 people that you know and they influence you, and that you is mutual influence there. And then outside of that, there's a group of people that you care about them and you pray for them, but they don't influence you. You might not influence them very much. It's really just a circle of care. And then way outside of that, that's everybody that you're, we're friendly towards everybody, okay? Now, here's what needs to happen in some of your lives. What you need to understand is that we all have something that we desperately like to become. Some of you wanna become a better leader. Some of you wanna become a better spouse. Some of you wanna become a better parent. Hopefully all of us, we wanna become more devoted, fully developed followers of Jesus Christ. What Proverbs is telling us is that the decision to become those things is primarily about who you choose to put in that inner circle. And for some of you, what you need to do in order for your life to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ is you need to detox that inner circle from some people that are not spurring you on towards Christ. And yes, you don't have to cut them all the way out of your life. They just need to fall outside into that circle of maybe influence or or probably that that circle of care where it's like, hey man, I know what's going on in your life. I am praying for you, but like you're, that you are no longer gonna be the person that I do life with on a very intimate level. Now, let me just say this, okay? What needs to happen for some of you is your friendships deeply need a friend shift. Your friendships deeply need a friend shift. There's some people that you need to move from the inner circle to maybe one of those outer circles. There might be some people who actually spur you on towards Christ in those outer circles that you need to be like, man, I'm, that's who I wanna do my life with. That's who I wanna walk with at a deep level. Now let me just say this, just because some of you are, <laughs> have a, are a little socially awkward. Let me help you out really quick here. You don't need to make it formal. You don't need to send somebody a written note saying, congratulations, you've been promoted from care to intimacy. <laughs> you don't need to send some, you definitely don't need to send somebody a note like, hey bro, quick text, I'm really, really sorry. We used to be intimate and now we're just care. 
Don't do that to somebody, that's really weird. But you do, you need to execute in your friendships, you need to execute a friend shift, why? Because whoever walks with the wise becomes wise and a companion of fools suffers harm. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Your friends are your future you. Now listen, some of you, the issue is not that you, you've got like the wrong inner circle. Let's be really honest. For some of you, the issue is you don't have an inner circle. And here's what happened. Okay, let me, let me just visualize this. Here's what happened uh, for some of you. Somewhere along the way, you started living a lifestyle that you didn't feel like was pleasing to God. And here's what happens is whenever we do that, what we tend to do is to remove ourselves from relationships with people who are running after God because it's really hard to chase after God when your inner, it's really hard to, to run away from God when your inner circle is running towards him. And so what you did is like you started living a lifestyle that you're like, man, I'm not sure that this is pleasing to God. And so without ever really thinking about it, it was really emotional and instinctual. You just started gradually, it was like, man, I used to hang out with like, these were my boys or these were my girls, we were together all the time. And very gradually, you just took a little step away from them. And then the longer you stayed on that trajectory running away from the Lord, it's like, man, you used to hang out with them outside and you'd only see them at life group. And then the longer you kept going along that, sort of that trail, you took just a little step away from, from life group. It's like, man, I, I'm really not there anymore. And it's just, it's just awkward. I, it's awkward. I don't want them to see what I'm doing. That, you know, you, you may have said some things like, oh man, they're judgy or whatever you did. You're like, oh, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Man, whenever those people even saw you outside a life group, you, you actually took a step to like, man, actually, I'm not, I'm not even gonna hang out with them or see them outside a life group anymore. So I used to be, those are people I was doing life with, and now I'm not, used to be in life group with them, now I'm not, and now I, I actually, I, I avoid seeing them even outside in any situation. And then the longer you kept going, what some of you did, is you even took this step where you were like, man, you just totally stopped being involved or connected to a church in any way. And let me just say, by the grace of God, because he loves you with his whole heart, you're here today on purpose, for a purpose, for something to change in your life. Now, now let, me, let me just show you this, okay? The reason some of you made this journey may be because somewhere along the way you got hurt by some, or betrayed by some church people. Like you might have been in the, that community group I heard about where there's like you know, three guys were there and they started like getting into that circle of intimacy. God number one was just like, hey man, I just need to get this off my chest and confess this. I got a gambling issue and I just can't seem to stop. And God number two was like, oh man, thank you so much for your vulnerability, man. I, I just need to get honest. Like I, I got this pornography issue. I just click on everything. I, I can't seem to stop. And then God number three was like, man, I just need to get this off my chest. I, I got a real gossip issue. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> you know, it's kind of thing. Some of you guys, you had that experience where it was like, man, I don't, I, I had somebody do that thing and now I'm out. Like, I, I'm out. Oh, man, can, can, I, can I just kind of, so what's happening to you is right now, you're making that decision to stay out of community with other Christ followers. Listen, I'm, let me just, let's be honest. Because of the risk of intimacy, Intimacy always accompanies risk. It always does, okay, because of the risk of intimacy. But, but let me show you something about what's happened in your life. Do you guys remember in the New Testament, it says that the devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, a lion. You guys uh, ever watch uh, National Geographic when it um, shows like lions hunting? I love that stuff, I don't know why. Uh, whenever you see lions hunting a herd, when a lion is chasing its prey, which animal is the one that always gets devoured. Okay, this is interesting. Watch, it's not the weakest one. 
It's the one that they can get away from the herd. That's the one that gets devoured. The weakest animal doesn't get devoured. It's the isolated animal that gets devoured. And listen, while you thought that you were just like gradually, instinctively, nobody's really pushing me to do this, this is just something that I'm doing. What was happening is the devil was at work in your life to get you away from the herd. And let me show you a picture of where you're at right now. I wanna make this visual. This is your life right now. Like that's a picture, I'm, for real, that's a picture of your life. And for some of you what happens is every time somebody talks about you connecting deeply with other Christians in community, what you do is you got all these excuses. You're like, man, you're like, man, Josh, yeah, I know I need to be you know, connected to other Christians in community, but I'm, I'm an introvert, you. Yeah, Josh, you know, I know I need to do this, but man, I'm really busy and I don't have time, you. Yeah, man, I, I'm, yeah, Josh, but, but I'm a person who hears from God in solitude. Can I just say this real quick? Whenever I, I'm, I test as a hard introvert on every test I've ever taken, and I'm a person who needs solitude, but let, but let me warn you this from deep personal experience. One of the devil's greatest tricks is to get you into satanic isolation and convince you that it's godly solitude. He will do that to you. And so you might be here and you're like, hey man, I don't need to be in deep relationships with other Christians. I'm a person who hears from God's, God in solitude, you. God speaks to me when I'm alone, you. Listen to me, listen. The danger of isolation is greater than the risk of intimacy. The danger of isolation is greater than the risk of intimacy. Why? Because you're cutting yourself off from the thing that God designed to help you flourish, to care for you, help you become everything that you were destined to become when God deposited his Holy Spirit in you, the body of Christ. He designed this thing to nourish and build you up into the, full, the fullness of the stature of Jesus, the body of Christ. In fact, just think about this, okay? Think about the New Testament analogy. It's the most dominant New Testament analogy for the church, is the church is like a body, and we're like all the parts of the body, okay? Now, I want you to think about this, okay, case study. Imagine at your campus that you walked out of the service and into the lobby, and when you walked out there, you saw on the floor the, the bloody stump of a severed foot in the middle of the lobby, okay? Do you know what no one at any of our campuses would do if they saw the bloody stump of a severed foot sitting in the lobby? You know what nobody would do? Nobody would go, that just happens sometimes, you know? <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do about it. That just happens sometimes. You know, not every foot needs a body. Maybe that's a foot that likes to be alone. Maybe that foot really doesn't need to be connected with other parts of the body and is fine on its own. Maybe actually that foot flourishes better in solitude than it does when it's connected to a body. Guys, it's fine, we don't need to call anybody. It's cool. No, 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 what you would do is you would, if you're a sane person, you would scream in bloody horror because that's not natural. Why? Because we know that a, a foot disconnected from the body, that foot's gonna rot, stink, and die. But for some reason, we think that we can be disconnected from the body of Christ and grow, flourish, and live. Guys, it does not work like that. That will always have. So God designed this thing to be a place where you are nourished and built up into the fullness of what God has called you to be, and you can't do that without walking with other people who are walking toward Jesus. Now, let me just say this, man. Let me confess our sins together. What a lot of Christians are really good at is we're really good at being around a lot of other Christians without ever being connected to other Christians. 
And like, what we do is we design ways to like do our Christianity where like, it's as if we're trying to keep our shirt, it's like this white shirt is the picture of what we're trying to keep going on in our lives. Uh, here's what this is like. This is like you walking into uh, the lobby at your campus and every time you walk in, everybody you see, you're like, hey man, how you doing, how you doing? How, man, what's going on, how are you? And every time somebody asks you how you're doing, you say, oh man, I'm good, family's good, you're good, everything's good, God's good all the time, all the time, God's good, praise the Lord. Everything's up and to the right, everything's awesome. And then you ask them, how you doing? They're, oh man, everything's good, I'm good, I'm good, family's good, everything's great, God's good all the time, all the time, God's good, praise the Lord. But watch this, if anyone were to ever if you were in the lobby and you go, hey man, how are you doing? And anyone were to ever like get honest, and go, hey man, honestly, like I'm not doing really good right now. A lot of times here's what we do, we go, oh man, man, thoughts and prayers, <laughs> thoughts, and, thoughts and prayer, and vibes, don't forget vibes, thoughts, prayers, and vibes. I'm gonna do all three because I, I gotta get into worship. I'm going to life group, I know you got this deal, but man, I'm, I'm praying for you, thoughts, prayers, and vibes. Peace, man, okay, I'm out, I'm out. Now, now listen, guys, when somebody is struggling in the body of Christ, what the New Testament says is that when one part suffers, we all suffer together because we are one body with many members. When one part succeeds, we succeed together. When one part becomes more like Christ, we become more like Christ together. So watch this. Whenever somebody is in pain, do you know what's better than thoughts, prayers, and vibes? Thoughts, prayers, vibes, and gift cards. Thoughts, prayers, vibes, and hey man, you're, you're struggling, I'ma call you. I'ma call you every week, and I'm gonna ask you how you're doing, and if you say fine, I'm not gonna take that for an answer. I'm gonna keep asking until you get honest with me. Because we're part of one body together. We're doing this thing together. Oh man, uh, you're in the hospital. Man, here, here's what's better. You're in the hospital, thoughts, prayers, vibes, and what room are you in? because I'm gonna take my lunch break off work and I'm gonna come visit you and if you don't let me in your hospital room, I'm gonna wave along the window of your hospital door until you let me in because I'm gonna come and I'm gonna show you that the church of Jesus Christ, we love each other and we stand with each other and you're not going through anything alone because we are one body together. We are in this together. This is us. This is who we are. This is what we do. We don't do this thing alone. Here's what this is like, okay? Here's what this is like. This is like, hey man, Man, wow, wow, you're my friend, how you doing? Man, you're struggling with anxiety? Man, well, I'm not. God freed me from that. But man, as long as you're struggling, you come here. As long as you're struggling, I'm struggling. And man, you're not in this alone. Man, you call me. And in fact, you don't have to call me, I'm gonna call you. And man, as long as you're struggling, I'm gonna be struggling. And so I'm gonna call you and find out how you're doing. And if you're scared when you come to church and you feel alone, man, you sit with me because you're not gonna sit alone. And we go to lunch, I'm paying because we are one together, in this thing together. As long as you're in it, I'm in it. I love you, I love you, okay? And then you come out and it's like, man, man, like something rubbed off on me. And you go to work and people are like, hey man, you look different. You're just carrying yourself different. Are you getting like all lake pointed up or what, what are you doing? And you're like, no, man, like, I feel good, you know, man? I feel good, like, man, I'm just walking with my brother. I'm walking with my family, one body together. We're doing good, man. I might look different on the outside. I feel good on the inside. And you keep going in your life, and it's like, hey, man, wow, you're my friend. Man, how are you doing? Oh, man, you just lost your wife? You struggling with grief? Hey, man, listen, here's the deal. As long as you're grieving, that means that I'm grieving. 
if you're crying, that means that I'm crying. And so man, listen, when I see you, I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna come up to you, I'm gonna pull you aside in the hallway, I'm gonna ask how you're really doing. And I'm gonna call you every week, and you gotta be honest with me, and I'm gonna remember the day, the anniversary of when you lost your spouse, and I'm gonna be there for you, and you're gonna sit with me in every service because I'm your family now. You're not alone, we're in this thing together. I love you, I love you, okay? And then you walk out, and it's like, man, <laughs> like man, this stuff, it just keeps, it's rubbing off on me. And people around you are like, man, you're just different. Something's just different about you. And you're like, yeah, it might be on the outside, but I feel good on the inside because I'm walking with people who are walking towards my Lord. And it's just doing something to me, changing me from the inside out. And then you keep going in your life and you're like, oh man, come here. Wow, wow, man, you're my friend. Hey, listen, your skin tone is different than mine. And you say that sometimes you don't feel safe and you say that sometimes you don't feel honored. Will you come here, come here. Listen, if you don't feel safe, I don't feel safe. If you don't feel honored, I don't feel honored. So listen, I'm in this with you. We're gonna be in this together. I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna learn from you. We're gonna walk in this thing together because we're a family, you and me. We are one, one body, many parts. We're in this thing together. I love you, I love you, we're in this together. And then you walk out and it's like, man, stuff just keeps he keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Guys, this is us. Like this is what we do. And as we walk with people who are walking towards Jesus, yeah man, their lives are gonna rub off on us, our lives are gonna rub off on them, but what's gonna happen is we're gonna end up walking like who we're walking with. And we're gonna start looking different. And that's okay because it's gonna feel really good. And some of you, here's the spot that you're in right now, man. The spot you're in right now is right now, you're here, and you're like, man, God, you gave me a new heart. God, you gave me a new calling. God, you gave me a new life, but I just don't seem to be able to live it. And God is saying, man, you need a new community. That's what you need. And some of you right now, you're like despairing and you're looking at all of this. You're like, man, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna see this happen in my life. I wanna see this happen in my kids' lives. I wanna see all this stuff happen in my family, in my world. I wanna see all this stuff happen. And you're looking at this big, long chain reaction that needs to happen, and you're way down here, and you're like, <clears throat> you're discouraged. And you're like, man, Josh, I'm a million choices. I'm a thousand decisions away from seeing that happen. Okay, according to the book of Proverbs, no, you're not. You're not a million decisions and a thousand choices away. Listen, you're one relationship away from setting off a chain reaction that can see that happen. So let me ask this question. At the beginning of the message, we asked the question, what's the one small choice that you could make that would set a chain reaction of all these things happening, all right? Today, what's gonna happen is some of you are gonna make this tiny little choice here. And this tiny choice is gonna set off this chain reaction that knocks down something huge in your life. Something huge. So man, nobody, nobody has to do this alone. Nobody's gotta do this alone. So that brings me to this guy. Everybody could grab this. Can you grab this? Everybody grab this guy real quick. And if you could look on the inside, 
for the card that looks like this, it just says connect in big letters. Everybody grab that. All of our campuses, everybody could grab this. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have a tear-off party. We're gonna make a real loud, fun noise on the count of three, okay? One, two, three, tear. Okay, that's awesome. And here's what I'm asking you to do. All I'm asking, I'm asking you, every person, I'm asking you if you are not consistently connected to a life group, all I'm asking is for you to, to sign up to test drive a life group for the next six weeks. That's all I'm asking. Now, if you're here and you're like, man, I don't even know what a life group is. Man, life groups, they're uh, small groups of people that meet at all of our campuses. So like, let's say you go to a 930 service, there's life groups that meet before and right after that service. They meet in rooms, they love each other, they eat meals together, they do life together, they get into the word together, all those things. Is the, and the principle is, we want to create a situation where you can walk with people who are walking toward Jesus. And here's all I'm asking, is just for you to test drive one of those for the next six weeks. Now here's all you need to do, we made that we're gonna do all the work, we're gonna make it super easy on you. If you will just, we only need one card per couple. If you will just fill this guy out, just a little contact information up here, your ages, that kind of thing. There's a spot that says preferred life group time. At all of our campuses, we've got those tailored to the campus that you're attending. So just check. Here's the time that'd be easiest for me to test drive a life group. Just check that box. You can check multiple if you're open to multiple options. And then preferred type of class, just check married, single, or other. Here's all other is. That was confusing to some people. Here's all other is. Others like married, single, we don't care, we're good. We're all in this thing together, that kind of thing. We don't care, okay? So check one of those. And then down here in the notes section, let's say that there's somebody that leads a life group at your campus, and you're like, man, I'd really like to test drive their life group. Write that person's name right there and designate that they're a leader whose group you'd like to test drive. If you've got a close friend that you're like, man, I'd really like to test drive the life group that they're in, write their name, designate that they're a friend of yours. Put that in there. If you've got, listen, if you've got a life circumstance, we've got life groups for all kinds of life circumstances. If you're going through recovery right now, if you're recently widowed, if you're walking through divorce, uh, if you've got, a, if you're an adoptive parent, if you've got a special needs child, just write down, if you've got a life situation, you're like, man, if you have something like that, it'd be good to be in a life group with other people who are walking through the same thing. Write that right there. So all that stuff, write it right there. And now listen, I, I need you to hear this from me. I'm not asking you, to be in that life group until Jesus returns. That's not what I'm asking. If you get in and in six weeks, you're like, I hate these people and they're weird. <laughs> you have my permission to leave that life group in six weeks, your pastor said so. You are allowed to do that. All I'm asking is for you to take the step to say, I'm gonna walk with people who are walking towards my Lord. And I'm gonna test drive this for the next six weeks. I'm not leaving until I make that decision. Okay, here's what's getting ready to happen. I'm gonna give you some time, just 20 seconds or so, to fill this guy out in your seats. The offering buckets are getting ready to come around, and yes, we are gonna receive our giving. But if you need to make this choice just to test drive a group for the next six weeks, I want you to fill this guy out and drop it in the offering bucket when it comes by in a few seconds, okay? So everybody, we're making that call. You're filling that guy out in your seat right now. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. 
For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Lake Point.